Hello, everybody. Welcome to the year 2022 and welcome to Care Talk. My name is Laura Packard and I'm the executive director of Healthcare Voter. And I'm here with experts, including Diane Archer from Just Care and Social Security Works and Alika from Health Sherpa to answer your healthcare and health insurance questions. So we're taking questions uh, from people like you from all over the country uh, involving health insurance, health care, and more. So if you have a question, you can call or text in at the number 202-838-6837. And if we don't answer your question today, we'll hopefully get to you next week. So our first question today is uh, for Alika. Uh, some key deadlines are coming up for health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Tell us what's coming soon and what people should be doing now if they need insurance. Thanks, Laura. Well, the great news is that in every state apart from Idaho, there is still time to enroll in coverage for 2022. Uh, the final deadline uh, to enroll in an ACA-compliant health plan is January 15th in most states, and many states are offering people even more time to enroll. Um, so it's a good idea to double-check the specific deadline for the state you live in. Uh, no matter what the deadline in your state, your new plan will kick in on February 1st, uh, 2022. So if you currently don't have insurance, the message is really Go take five minutes, see what you're eligible. There is more financial assistance available this year um, than there ever has been in the past. So it's really worth checking, uh, even if you haven't qualified in, in previous years. Uh, just to give you a sense, at HealthSherpa, we've enrolled more than 2.5 million people so far, and most of them are paying less than $25 a month. So really worth going, checking, seeing your options. Um, the other thing I'll say is if you currently have a marketplace plan, um, and you haven't gone back and shopped for 2022, you still have time to switch for February onwards. Um, one of the reasons the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services actually extended the deadlines this year is because often people don't go back and shop. They just let their plan auto renew and they get their first bill and it's much higher than they were expecting because those plans and prices change every year. So if you're in that boat, you still have time. Go back to healthcare.gov. Um, go uh, check what options are available to you and see if you can find a better deal, deal for this year. Great. And Diane, you had a question? Yeah, Alec, I have one question. If I had insurance in the last 60 days, um, but lost that insurance, do I have the right to sign up for a marketplace plan, notwithstanding all these other rules? That's exactly right. If you've lost your coverage, that always qualifies as a qualifying life event. So you do get a special enrollment period to enroll. Um, that said, if you enroll before the open en enrollment deadline, um, you won't have to use that special enrollment period and file some extra paperwork. So great to get in before the deadline. Okay, but you still have options. If something happens, if you move, if uh, you have a baby, if you get married or divorced or uh, you lose insurance for your employer, you always have a special enrollment period to enroll. Actually, so one question then. Um, if you move, do you also have a, a, a special period for enrollment? If you move out of your area or if you move anywhere, how does that work? Generally, if you move, um, you have to have had coverage where you were before in order to get that special enrollment period to enroll in an ACA plan. The one exception is if you're moving from outside of the country and you're coming back to the U.S., um, that's that's something that would let you enroll for the first time. Great. Thank you. And Alka, what should people do if they're confused about insurance and what plans are right for them? Uh, you know, How can people get free help in figuring this out? Great question. There is 
so much help available. So do not be afraid to reach out. You can call us at HealthSherpa. You can give healthcare.gov a call or go on their site. Um, there are uh, navigators and um, certified application counselors available um, in your area, many more um, than in previous years available to help you. Um, and you can also work with a trusted local broker if um, that's an option that, that you want to pursue as well. So lots of help available. Don't be afraid to ask for it. Great. Uh, our first uh, question uh, actually has to do with something you just mentioned. Uh, Mark, a U.S. citizen in Canada, wants to know, uh, do you know of any insurance provider that I could get medical insurance, uh, not travel for a temporary stay in the United States? Uh He's a dual citizen and has a social security number and passport, but not a U.S. address. So how does insurance work for people that are outside the country coming in? And is it different if you're a U.S. citizen or not a U.S. citizen? Great question. So um, generally, and I'll say at HealthSherpa, we only sell qualified health plans, which are plans that meet the Affordable Care Act standards. So that's what I'm most familiar with. And it sounds like based on um, what um, this person is saying, they might be eligible for one of those. So we'll go over that bit first. Um, again, you know, if you are a U.S. citizen or a resident or you have eligible immigration status and healthcare.gov has a great list, maybe we can share that of uh, people who qualify to enroll in the marketplace, um, you can enroll directly on the ACA marketplace. Um, so that is going to um, allow you to get a qualified health plan that is um, going to cover all those essential health benefits, all those pre-existing condition protections. Um now, an important thing to know about ACA plans is that they work on a month-by-month -month basis. So if you enroll in an ACA plan, that plan is going to start on the first of the month, usually, um, and you can have it for essentially a month at a time. So a lot of people say, oh, can I have an ACA plan just for three months or six months? That's totally fine. You don't have to lock in for a full year, um, but you do have to pay for a month at a time. So that's something to be aware of when you think about how long you're going to be in the U.S. Um, it's also important to know that if you enroll through the marketplace directly um, and you take advantage of financial assistance available, that is a tax credit. So you will have to make sure that you're filing taxes and filling out the appropriate forms, um, Form 8962, I think, on your taxes when you file the next year. Um, so be aware of that. Um, if you are not a U.S. citizen um, and uh, are, or don't have the status uh, required to enroll directly on the marketplace, Sometimes you can enroll off exchange in one of these qualified health plans directly through the insurance company. So that plan's still going to have all the same benefits, um, but you can't qualify for net financial assistance. So they can often be quite expensive. So that's something to know. Um, there are many, many other types of uh, insurance products available in the U.S. Um, that don't meet those ACA standards and may be marketed uh, to folks who are traveling or um, in that kind of situation. Uh, the one thing I'll note there is uh, those plans do not have to meet those same standards. Um, so be very, very careful about reading the fine print. Um, you're going to want to look out for um, any services, for example, that are completely excluded from coverage or any limits on coverage. Um, often plans will say something like, we cover up to $50,000 in a year. Sounds like a lot of money, but healthcare in the U.S. is so expensive that if you have an emergency surgery, um, you could really blow through those limits. So if you qualify uh, and you meet the categories uh, required to enroll in a qualified health plan, that's going to be your safest bet. Um, and if you decide to go outside of the marketplace, read that fine print really, really carefully. Thanks. Diane? Uh, I just had a couple more questions for you, Alika. One about the deductible in mm -hmm. the marketplace plans and the other about out-of-pocket uh, caps. And mm -hmm. 
On the out-of-pocket caps question, I know that in the Medicare Advantage plans, they can vary significantly. They can be as high as $7,550 a year, and they can be as low as a few thousand dollars a year. Do you have that same variation in the marketplace plans? And is that something that people need to really take a good close look at? Absolutely. Um, when you're picking a marketplace plan, it's always really important to take a look, not just at the deductible, but also, at, again, at that out-of-pocket maximum. So that's the total amount that you will be liable for, for in-network care in a given year. And um, Dan, as you mentioned, same, same thing on the marketplace. Those deductibles and out-of-pocket limits can be really, really high. The legal limit is um, about $8,700 this year, uh, changes every year. Um, but you may be eligible for plans that have a much lower uh, out-of-pocket limit and deductible depending on your income. There are some extra savings available in the marketplace that can really bring down uh, those limits for you. Um, so really important to look at those limits. Um, but I would say, don't let a high limit scare you off of enrolling altogether. Often folks will be eligible for a plan that you know has a very low premium, but a very high deductible and out-of-pocket limit. And they say, well, why should I enroll at all? Um, if the biggest thing is, um, if you enroll, you have that um, financial protection. So no matter what happens, you are going to be protected. Um, and all you're going to have to pay is that, all you're going to have to pay, the maximum you have to pay is going to be that, uh, that final limit of, say, $8,700. Um, if you don't have insurance at all, you could be liable for tens of thousands of dollars um, without having that financial. The other thing to note is that every plan on the Affordable Care Act marketplace covers uh, free preventive care before you meet that deductible as well. So things like your immunizations, um, a lot of um, reproductive health uh, screenings and care, um, all of those things will be covered even before you meet that deductible or out-of-pocket limit. So just a thing to know. Great. And we'll be talking more about uh, preventative care and uh, what's covered in a future episode. Uh, so our next question is from Charlie uh, that uh, is upset about the uh, increase in the Medicare costs for this year. Uh, when he retired in 2021, he was paying uh, $902 a month for healthcare insurance for himself and his wife. Uh, he thought that once they retired and were on Medicare, it would be good, but found out that uh, the basic Medicare doesn't uh, cover as as much as he needed. So uh, has to buy a second insurance, I think probably Medic Medigap, and still has uh, big out-of-pocket expenses. Uh, at 69 years old, he's just trying to do his best and get screwed every... He's trying to uh, stay healthy and hope he doesn't get sick. So do you have any thoughts or advice, Diane, for people that are uh, really pinched and paying for Medicare and Medigap or Medicare Advantage? Definitely. Um, this is a really important question and something most people don't fully appreciate as they get older and look forward to going on Medicare. The great news with Medicare is that you have a lot more freedom to choose your doctors and hospitals in the traditional Medicare program. Um, you don't have to get a referral from a primary care physician in order to see a specialist. You don't need prior authorization in order to get costly services. Uh, your treating physician and you decide the care you need. And as a general rule, Medicare pays for it. And that's so valuable to so many people, because as we all know, I'm sure all of us have experienced just the greatest hassles and hoops trying to get care um, through the corporate health insurance 
um, plans that we're in. There's so many challenges, administrative, and they're so burdensome. And then there are high costs. So with Medicare, the costs are still pretty high. Medicare only covers typically uh, 50% of a person's healthcare costs. Um, the good news is it covers in most of your medical and hospital costs, but in the traditional Medicare program, you're liable for 20% of your doctor's charges. And that's why you need that Medigap insurance, supplemental coverage that picks up that 20%. Now, again, the great news is if you pay for that coverage, um, as you clearly are doing here, um, you will not have to face very much an out-of-pocket costs when you need care. You won't have to choose between you know, uh, taking care of your rent or your electric bill and making sure that your wife gets the healthcare services she needs. Um, so that's really valuable. On the other hand, there's a cost associated with it, as you point out, and it's high. It's several hundred dollars a month um, for your coverage. And it should be less than what you're paying uh, or what you were paying as a working person, but it's still a lot of money. And I should say and add that Medicare doesn't yet cover vision, hearing, and dental services or long-term care, care in a nursing home that's custodial. And those costs can be obviously extreme. Okay. Uh, and Alika, do you want to talk a little bit about the differences uh, between um Actually, that's that leads into our next question from Joan, uh, who points out that uh, her Medicare costs four times more than Obamacare for similar coverage, but leaves out annual eye exams. Uh, and she thinks that it needs to be expanded and premiums should be income based. So, Alka, do you want to talk about the difference between Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act and Medicare and what the transition is like for people who are turning 65 and switching? Absolutely. Um, so, again, ACA plans, um, which are sometimes referred to as Obamacare, um, are private health insurance plans that are available for folks um, under the age of 65. Um, generally, people who are on Affordable Care Act plans, um, and of course, many other types of coverage, um, would transition to Medicare once they um, become eligible based on age. Um, you usually can't, for example, sort of pick one or the other. You can't get a subsidy on an ACA plan if you're eligible for Medicare. Um, and in fact, it's illegal for a broker to sell you an ACA policy if you're enrolled in any part of Medicare. Um, so if you're on Medicare, um, unfortunately, that is um, really the option you have to stick with. Um, and how it works, and Diane, I'm sure you have more information as well, but generally three months before you um, turn 65 and, and hit that eligibility threshold, you'll start your initial enrollment period for Medicare. And at that point, you can enroll in, in Medicare Parts A and B. Um, once you're enrolled, again, you're no longer eligible for an ACA uh, subsidy. So it's really important to make sure you cancel your marketplace plan and don't stay on the hook for premiums. Um, healthcare.gov has a really useful um, little guide to how all of this works, which I think we can pop in the resources as well. But Dan, I'm sure you have more on, on other types of Medicare uh, and how enrollment for those works. Uh, I can add a little here, um, but I think you really covered a lot, Alika. Um, yeah. Basically, yes. Once you become eligible for Medicare three months before your birthday month, um, when you turn 65, um, you can sign up and you should do so right away because then your coverage will begin on the first day of the month that you turn 65 and not afterwards. Um, so you don't want to delay enrolling because you could end up with some coverage gaps. Um, in terms of the sort of the vision care and other care that's not covered in Medicare, um, I, 
I want to add that we do have some resources available um, for you to check out on our website, on the on our on this website, on the Care Talk website, um, that can help you possibly get lower cost vision, hearing, and dental services, as well as other services. And if your income is low, I want to add, even with Medicare, um, as with the marketplace plans, uh, you can be eligible for either Medicaid, which will pick up almost all of your costs, including your supplemental um, costs, your out-of-pocket costs with Medicare, and um, Medicare savings programs, which aren't quite as generous as Medicaid, but also pick up some of your out-of-pocket costs and therefore make it a little bit easier to afford the health care that you need. And it's important to know that a lot of people who are eligible for these programs aren't enrolled in them because either they don't understand that they're eligible or they're misled into thinking that certain assets disqualify them for the program. But for example, your home, the value of your home is not included in um, calculating your assets for eligibility. And so that's often your biggest asset. And therefore your, your, um, your eligibility is more likely when that's excluded. The other thing is that in many states, um, if your income is above eligibility, um, levels and you spend that money on healthcare services, you can quote unquote spend down to Medicaid eligibility levels that qualify you for Medicaid once you've spent some of the money that's above the Medicaid eligibility level. So it is possible to qualify even um, when your income and assets are above uh, the initial eligibility levels for these programs. Great. And uh, we have lots of resources at act.tv slash care talk and uh, keep calling and texting in your questions uh, so that we can get you answers. Uh, and next today, we would like to talk about a new law that took effect over the weekend. Congress uh, a year or so ago finally passed a law to end surprise medical billing. And surprise medical billing is when you get a bill from your doctor or hospital uh, that's unexpected. So maybe you're go you see you're going to the emergency room for an emergency, and then you get a gigantic bill uh, because the anesthesiologist that saw you when you were uh, uh, unconscious. Uh, isn't in your insurance network, uh, or you get some sort of uh, surprise like that from an accident, or even a planned surgery where some of the people that were part of the surgery uh, were not uh, covered by your insurance company. So this has been a big problem uh, for uh, years and years, and it has only been getting worse. Uh, I, I personally had a huge hospital bill in 2017 when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer, and I uh, went through the ER, and the hospital was not in network. Uh, so I not only had a $100,000 hospital bill to fight, but I was doing that while I was going through chemo. So this is big news for patients in America. Uh, and how it's going to work is uh, there is an 800 number that you can call 
if you have questions or if you receive a surprise bill uh, as of January 1st. If your billing is before January 1st, 2022, this law does not apply. Uh, and this also uh, does not apply for air ambulances or uh, ground ambulances. Uh, so if you take an ambulance uh, to the uh, hospital, that may or may not be covered by your insurance and you may get a big bill. Air ambulances are covered, ground ambulances are not, but most other uh, services should be covered. And then what happens is your insurance company and the doctors uh, then uh, have to sort it out uh, through a legal process that leaves you out of it. So rather than you having to dispute the bill, uh, this then becomes the problem of uh, the insurance companies and the medical providers. Uh, so this, this is great news, although uh, how it's going to work in practice, uh, we'll see, because again, this is brand, brand new. Uh, it's, uh, you know, only been in effect for a couple days. So we'll see how this turns out, but it is good news uh, for patients so far. And Alka, do you want to talk a little bit about who might be seeing uh, surprise medical bills or, or why that could happen with Affordable Care Act plans? Absolutely. Um, and I will say, we know that surprise bills are a huge problem for people with all kinds of insurance, even for folks with employer coverage, which tends to have more generous networks and more providers participating. Um, one analysis showed that even those folks are getting a surprise bill for every one out of five emergency claims and one in six in network hospitalizations. So it is really, really common. Um, I don't, um, I'm not aware of data for specifically uh, ACA plans, but um, we'd expect those numbers to be even higher um, since ACA plans tend to have much narrower networks. Um, to give you a sense, uh, back in 2019, um, more than three quarters of ACA plans um, were narrow network HMOs and EPOs rather than more generous PPOs. So this has been a huge problem um, for enrollees in the ACA marketplace. And um, these rules are going to, these new rules are going to offer significant benefits uh, for folks in these plans, um, which hopefully will make people much more comfortable seeking care and not being worried about getting a big bill. So it's, it's great news all around. And Diane, how does this uh, new law affect people with Medicare? Uh, good question. What I know for sure is that people in traditional Medicare have never had to worry about surprise bills because Medicare covers care from virtually every doctor and hospital in America. There are some exceptions, but they have to warn you in advance um, if there is an exception. So there are no surprises to be had. With Medicare Advantage plans, I do believe some people see surprise bills, but I don't think it's that common. Um, the issue is with ambulances, ground ambulances, you mentioned, Laura, those are not included in this um, protection that uh, Congress has just granted people effective January 1 of this year. What I always advise people to do um, is to check out with their health plan, which ambulances are in network. Ideally, you want the ambulance that is affiliated with the hospital you'd want to go to in an emergency. And you should have the number for that ambulance on your refrigerator, on your phone, with the person who you trust most, who you might rely on if you do end up in an emergency um, and need to go to the hospital. 
So be prepared when it comes to an emergency and know which ambulances are in your health plans network, and that will save you a bundle of money. With regard to other um, potential um, out-of-network care, it tends to happen, as, as we've said, when you go to the hospital and you don't have control over some of the doctors you see. It's kind of a huge unfairness in the system that if you go to an in-network hospital, you still can be seen by out-of-network doctors and they don't even have to tell you they're out-of-network and you can then be stuck with bills. So the great news is that should be ending um, as of now. So fingers crossed, um, you do not see bills from out-of-network doctors any longer if you go to the hospital and um, are, are treated by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that I read is that if if somebody is out of network, they may try to get you to sign a form before you have the care. So if you uh, get a pile of forms as you're getting checked into the hospital, uh, take a look at those forms and make sure you're not signing away. You're, you're waiving your rights. Uh, make sure that if there is somebody out of network that you won't get stuck with the bill. Uh, but I mean, you may be in a situation where you're not able to spend time carefully examining every single form that that's there, but just don't sign anything without looking it over uh, to make sure you aren't waiving your rights for this. And uh, the 800 number uh, to call if you get a surprise medical bill, if you have questions about how all of this works, uh, the No Surprises Help Desk uh, is 1-800-985-3059. And at the cms.gov website, there is a link to submit a complaint. So you can call with questions uh, and you can submit a complaint online. Uh, they are not a lawyer. They will not give you legal advice but uh, they can review your complaint about an insurance company, a medical provider, uh, or healthcare facility if you received a bill that you don't think that uh, should have been uh, your responsibility. So uh, that is the uh, scoop on the No Surprises Act, uh, which is now in effect. And be sure to sign up for insurance before the January 15th ACA deadline. And we will be back next week to keep answering your health care and health insurance questions. Thank you for joining us at Care Talk. <laughs>